You may think you know my story. Many have told it. It is long passed into history, into myth. If your heart stopped, you would die. Welcome to Avant Bard, a podcast where two theater nerds explore the highest highs and the lowest lows of works inspired by that upstart crow himself, William Shakespeare. My name is Matthew James Marquez, and I use he, him pronouns. And my name is Megan Charlo, and I use she, her pronouns. Today we are talking about 2018's Ophelia a revisionist retelling of William Shakespeare's Hamlet from the POV of the eponymous character Ophelia. The film was based on a novel of the same name written by Lisa Klein, itself released in 2006. Ophelia the film was produced by Covert Films and distributed by IFC Films. Written by executive producer of Mad Men, Semi Chellis, and directed by Claire McCarthy. Ophelia was eventually released June 28, 2019, to absolutely no fanfare and made practically no money. Megan, I mean like less than 300k worldwide. What a fart of a movie. Wow, what did they spend? Megan? I could not find the budget for the film. Sadly, Megan, I think this film just wasn't popular and wasn't distributed by a big company. They didn't promote it because it wasn't a big company doing it. So they didn't have the hooks in us. They didn't even have the excuse of being released in 2020 during the pandemic. Not even an excuse. This was released in 2019. So because of this, there's almost no production info on this film. Except from the DVD, which we used to watch the film, and that gave me some insight into the production. So they filmed in Prague because there are a lot of old castles there, and the Elsinore in the film is a combination of various castles and soundstage sets. The producers cast Daisy Ridley fresh off The Force Awakens, citing her heroic strength being suited for the character of Ophelia. Every interview on the DVD has the cast and crew saying the exact same things, which is extremely funny to me because they are all a variation of, well, with Ophelia, we wanted to tell the story of Shakespeare's Hamlet with a more contemporary bent, giving a character agency when previously she's been portrayed as a victim. Hi, I'm playing Hamlet, and I just think it's really interesting that in this film, we're taking the character of Ophelia, who is often portrayed as a victim, and in a more contemporary bent, we're making it through her views, where she can have more agency. Anything else interesting about it? Yes, that's the thing. It's like, you're just summing up what the premise of the film is. You're not saying anything different. However... There's one quote that I absolutely need to talk about that was on the DVD, which is producer Daniel Bobker says, maybe this story will reach an audience who aren't into Hamlet that want to be brought into this story by a protagonist who's going through the same things every young person goes through. 
I've never been through any of this as a woman who was once a young woman who was once a young girl. I've never experienced anything she experiences in this. The point of William Shakespeare's plays standing the test of time is that the emotions that the characters have in them are timeless. That's kind of the whole thing. Yes, but what they did was go, we're going to change a few things about her contextually so that it's the same as regular people. But that's not what we needed. But also, it's still set in the past. And also, most people aren't poor people who become handmaidens to queens. Yes. And then have an illicit love affair with the prince. This isn't common. The emotions are... And the bits of consequence and setting around it don't need to change for the emotions to ring more true. Well, Megan, I guess we just have to explore the film to find out if that quote is true. It's not true, but I'm gonna give it the benefit of the doubt. Maybe we'll find something relatable. Ophelia, she's just like you. We've discussed Hamlet before multiple times. Our very first episode covered Bernhardt Hamlet, which, as a quick recap for those who need it, Hamlet follows Hamlet, the Prince of Denmark, as he returns home from school only to find out that his father is dead and his uncle has married his mother and taken the throne. His father's ghost then tells him that he was killed by said uncle Claudius, and Hamlet struggles with whether or not he should commit regicide and believe what a ghost told him or not. People give Hamlet a lot of shit for not just immediately killing a literal king, and I hate them for it. And that's the gist of the plot. Now, Megan. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. If you had to choose someone else to tell the story of Hamlet through from Hamlet, because we've already got Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, and Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, and now we have Ophelia from Ophelia, and I've played the video game Elsinore, which is also from Ophelia's perspective. Do we need a Horatio? Do we need like a Claudius? Like, I'd want a Gertrude. You want a Gertrude? I would want a Horatio. The issue with wanting a Gertrude, though, is the reason I want it is because I want to know how she feels. But I think one of the things that's really interesting about Hamlet is that she is a very controversial character, and you don't know if she was in on the murder, how she feels about all these things, and I think if you did it from her point of view, it would just be like, yeah, no, cut and dry, this is the truth. Megan, that's the point of all the characters in Hamlet. When you get into, hi, I'm telling the story from this character's perspective, I feel like you are showing things that Shakespeare purposely doesn't show. Yes, Because but... the play is about the masks we put on and not revealing our true intentions and how you'll never really truly know what people think or the actions that they committed. <laughs> yes, but I feel like the characters that we've seen that done with so far, mainly Ophelia... She doesn't really affect the plot. She doesn't have much agency. You're still like, oh, well, what is their relationship really like? But that doesn't really affect much besides how they feel about each other and how the nunnery scene goes. While if you're like, oh, yeah, Gertrude wanted to kill her husband. 
that changes a lot about the entire storyline. I agree. And like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern especially, they're just two guys. Listen, I have a point I want to make about Ophelia as a character, but I'm going to save that for our discussion at the end. I'm going to okay. table that for now. All right, yeah. Because I have thoughts and feelings. I'm sure we all do. It's time, Megan, once again, for Marquez's Acting Corner. We have our Ophelia, Daisy Ridley. Obviously, she was Rey Skywalker in the Star Wars trilogy. She was in a few short films before making her major motion picture debut in Scrawl, a movie everyone's heard about. She quickly got work on Star Wars, and since then, she's been doing things and stuff like Ophelia. Listen, it's really hard to have a career in between Star Wars movies, and probably with how poorly the last one was received, it's probably hard to have a career after Star Wars movies. That's so sad. Hayden Christensen, he was in a poorly received Star Wars movie, and what happened to him? He just does a lot of indie films. Hopefully it's a choice rather than what society's doing to them, but I think it's a shame. I think Daisy Ridley should be cast in bigger projects because I think that she is truly a good actress. And I only hope the best for her in the future. Naomi Watts. She plays Gertrude and Mechthild the Witch. Australian actress Naomi Watts had a string of Australian hits before making her major motion picture debut in David Lynch's Mulholland Drive. She was the star of The Ring, the American version of The Ring, and came back for Ring 2. I actually like The Ring. She also got an Academy Award nomination for 21 Grams and The Impossible. I know her as Anne Darrow from King Kong, Peter Jackson's King Kong, but I don't think that there's anything else she's done that Megan would know. I am going to be honest, I completely forgot who she was. I went, I know that name. And then you said your acting corner. I went, oh yeah, the Ring films. I used to watch those before I went, the Japanese versions are superior. Clive Owen plays Claudius, known for his Academy Award nomination for 2004's Closer. Going through his filmography for roles that Megan would know, He was Arthur in that god-awful King Arthur movie. Do you remember that, Megan? That was the one that they were like, we're being historically accurate, which nobody wants in a movie about King Arthur. Yeah, no. No? Okay, he was the lead guy in Children of Men. What? Yeah. I don't know that. Okay, moving on. You don't know Clive Owen. No, I've seen Sin City and I hate it. Yeah, that's fair. Tom Felton plays Laertes. He was Draco Malfoy in the Harry Potter films. He was a massive dick in the Planet of the Apes reboot series. Well, he's only in one of them. And he played a guy who was, like, abusing the apes. And so mm-hmm. when the apes turned smart, they killed him. And we were like, yeah, suck it, Draco. It was cool. And he's only done indie film since. I think it suits him. It's probably also hard because people are like, oh, Draco Malfoy. I think that being in a major franchise before you're an established actor is a little bit of a curse. Oh, 100%. Like, if you're an established actor beforehand, 
like Chris Pine. He was an actor before he was the Star Trek reboot Captain Kirk. And so he was still a star afterwards. Draco Malfoy is like a very silo character because it's like, oh, you're the shitty kid. So you have to act shitty. And so people think that that's all you can do. Well, it's also because he's got that like blonde hair, light blue eyes look. So it's not as common as, oh, brown hair, brown eye guy. Before we start the film, I want to do a really quick, super quick costume corner. I just want to say, the costumes in this are beautiful. They do a nice job. There are some silly choices, but none that are as terrible as things I've complained about before on this podcast. But I do have to say, if you haven't watched the film yet, and you hear me say the costumes are good, I need to warn you, protect your heart. The wigs are very bad. They're so bad. Clive Owen and Daisy Ridley have horrible wigs. Yeah, bad wigs. If there are other wigs, they are not as bad, but those two. I have a question. Why did they feel the need to give Daisy Ridley a wig? Because they wanted her hair to be bright red. Why? Because Marquez. She has to stand out and redheads stand out. Yeah. Okay. Especially if it's a bad wig. Start the film. We start with Ophelia drowned in a river. All right, pack it up. Let's go. Episode over. We will see you anon. The visuals are very obviously inspired by the 1852 painting by Sir John Everett Millay. Oh, I'm proud that you looked that up. Yeah, I love that painting. Oh, I was just going to say, it looks like that one painting of Ophelia that everyone knows. Yeah, it's that one painting that you probably know if you've looked at any paintings of Ophelia. This actually looks like it would feel really comfy to lay in, like, water like that with your head up and your arms spread, like, yeah. It's just, like, lily pads and stuff. It looks nice, yeah. And then we get a narration that's obviously Ophelia just being like, you think you know my story. But what if I told you there's something more going on? And it actually goes a little something like this. First off, I would applaud this movie so much more if it actually leaned into, hey, you might be thinking, Ophelia, dead? Not quite. How did we end up here? Now, it's a pretty tricky story, and you might even think you know it, but I'm going to take you behind the scenes to the untold story of Ophelia, Lady of Denmark. And then they play them all American rejects. Burn it, burn it, burn it, burn it, burn it. Like, just lean into the early 2000s shit. So instead of actually getting all American rejects, we get a song the lyrics are lines from the letter that Hamlet wrote Ophelia. You know, the like, doubt that the stars are fire, doubt the sun doth move, that whole thing. Doubt truth to be a liar, but, but never, never doubt, doubt I love. love. It's not great. I was like, oh, this is the lyrics. Doubt that the stars are fire. Doubt that the... It's kind of like a very tired Florence and the Machine doing a cover of the Plagues song from Prince of Egypt. Megan, I also thought it sounded like the Plague song from Prince of Egypt. Yeah, because it's just kind of this like chanty kind of whispery bit, but like 
Prince of Egypt, I'm like, hell yeah, I send a pestilence, a plague, and I like go oh. crazy. On your kettle, on your sheep, and everything. Like, it's that it's part. It's awesome, but this is not it. It's not it, but they play it, and I went, okay. And we cut to Ophelia's childhood. And she says two things. She says, I've seen more in heaven and hell than most people dream of, which obviously is inspired from the whole line, there are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophy, which Hamlet says to Horatio about ghosts. And they just put that there, and I was like, okay, that's a nod to Hamlet. Megan, this line does not mean anything. Oh, no. She doesn't? She hasn't seen heaven and hell. Because, spoiler, she doesn't die. So like, unless she means, like, in the hearts of men. But also, doesn't everyone eventually learn this? <sighs> oh, anyway, Polonius tells her, be careful of on that ledge, because she's looking out a window as a young girl. But she says, you know, I didn't care, because I was a willful girl, and I followed my heart and spoke my mind. Which is not a thing that Ophelia does in Hamlet. So okay, this is a completely different Ophelia. I'm okay with that, but just gotta point that out from the start. This is a different Ophelia. See, I would like it if it was like, I always spoke my mind, and then I learned how much I could get if I didn't. Right, or if she was just like, I always spoke my mind to myself and pretended to be the good girl to everyone else because that's what you gotta do. So she tries to follow Laertes to his learnings, but she gets denied because girls are not allowed to read. They close a gate on her and I wrote, she's literally gatekept from reading. She is literally gatekept. Gatekeep gaslight girl boss. <laughs> it's also important to note that she is this little dirty tomboy looking mm -hmm. person. She looks like a typical poor servant girl who is actually a tomboy. And she runs away from her inability to learn and stumbles upon the Great Hall. Because I guess she does live in the castle, but she doesn't dress like she does. But okay. We, we will learn by the end. Polonius is Claudius's scribe. So shouldn't they be people who have money and can afford clothing and not just a smock? No, because they're just below noble. So they're allowed to partake in some shit. But so shouldn't she have clothing? Because she barely has clothing. Yeah, but you have to understand, we don't know this, Megan. But in a deleted scene we saw, this is her first day in Elsinore Castle when we first see her. So apparently this just happens in like 2.5 seconds. I don't know, Megan. <laughs> So she comes across the Great Hall, and they're like, Ah, yes, young son Hamlet, going to Wittenberg for school. Fifteen-year-old Hamlet, good boy son Hamlet, look, that's Hamlet. And then a guy stands up and is like, I am Claudius. I'm going to make a lot of jokes about how Hamlet's not actually that great, and he's gonna screw up a bunch. And he's such a mama's boy, baby, baby, baby child. What a dumb, dumb baby. And then Hamlet goes, I don't like you. And then Claudius is like, too bad. You're gonna get tempted. You're like an apple in Eden. And then Gertrude's like, I thought it was the serpent that tempted Eve, not the apple. 
And Ophelia is under a chair and she's just like, wow, Claudius sure is a bad man. And she speaks up and she's just like, well, I thought the apple was innocent. And everyone's like, what? A dirty boy. And Polonius is like, ah, no, that is my daughter. My dear wife, Polonia, died short. He doesn't say Polonia. I just assume that that's Polonius' wife's name all the time. But my wife died. She doesn't have a mother. So she's got nothing to do because she's not allowed to read and doesn't have a mother. And Gertrude's like, A girl, you say? We must make her over. Alas, that she's so gross. And Ophelia goes, I may be alas, but there's no call for such alassing. I would not want to be a lad. Okay, this is the start of what I absolutely despise about this movie. Everyone speaks in witty turns with one another, like, Oh, that is so stupid. Oh, but if it is so stupid, then why isn't it said by a fool or some shit? What also makes me annoyed is that this is literally every single character with a name. Yes. And in Shakespeare, it'll be like, yeah, this one character is always very witty. And this character is kind of bumbly and just kind of talks in prose and it's normal. And so is this character, and so is this character, and this character's also witty, and this character is smart, but not witty. But, but in this, it's like, everyone has a little quip, turn of the heel, bloody blah. But that's also not how the characters talk. No! It's like that one meme that went around Twitter for a long time, where people would be like, normal person, mom, I'm hungry, Shakespeare, mother... Doth you know my stomach consisteth of emptiness or something like that? And it drove me crazy because I'm like, you know, that's not how Shakespeare wrote, right? But it's people pretending to be Shakespearean in their writing. The writing is bad. The writing of this film is bad. This film is badly written. Yes. It is if this whole film was conceived by someone who was like, you know what I love? I love when Benedict and Beatrice talk to each other. That must be all Shakespeare. But only that. Because it's like, yes, does Hamlet have quips? Yes, because Hamlet is a bitchy little shit who goes like, yeah, fuck you. And do people respond to him in quips? Typically not. No. They go, bro, what is your deal? They go, Hamlet, stop. At this moment, I went, this movie is just a big fanfic. Oh, it's a huge fanfic. Because it's written like someone's first fanfic. Where they go, I have a great idea, and it can be a great idea. I think this is a very interesting idea for a film and a story. But they haven't gotten the nuance of how to have different reactions and interactions between people. So everyone treats each other the same, just some of them kiss and some of them don't. Hamlet's like, wow, that girl's cool, even though I'm 15 and she looks 7. Here's the thing, Meg. Ophelia's not like other girls. She likes to be filthy because she hates when she gets washed. (laughs) But now she's older and she's clean and she has flowers in her hair. And they're always going to have flowers around her because remember that one scene where she goes mad and has flowers? Those are going to be everywhere now. And we learn that she's not like other girls because she dances badly. (laughs) 
She's going to go outside in her dress because she's so bad at dancing, unlike all the other girls. And she just gets down to her shift and she's like, I'm going to go in the river. Because remember, she drowns in that river. Yeah. So she's going to go there a lot. And when she comes back, the other girls make fun of the way that she smells. And she's not like other girls because she only puts flowers in her hair and not jewels. (laughs) Well, because she can't afford it because Polonius is just a flatterer and talked his way up from being poor to being still poor, it seems. They seem pretty damn poor, so they're still poor. And we learn Ophelia is Gertrude's handmaiden, one of them. And Gertrude comes in and Gertrude goes, is that petals I smell? And all the girls laugh because they're mean girls. And I go, oh man, I made fun of her always having flowers. Am I a mean girl? But anyway, Gertrude likes them. But like, it's one of those things where it's so lazy, where it's just like, is that butter on my toast? Oh, no. Oh, no, she must not like, good, because I wanted Wanted butter. butter. Okay, why'd you act like that in the first place? Because she's like, what is that smell? It smells like a garden. And everyone's like, yeah, it's like dirt. And she goes, I love it. Put it in my bath. Great idea. Because I'm also not like other girls. (laughs) And also, we learn that Gertrude is too tired tonight to read, but Ophelia can read. She's not like most girls. (laughs) She can read. (laughs) So she gets to stay. And Gertrude's like, I'm also not like most girls. Did you know that I was in a convent before I met the king? (laughs) I'm not actually rich or something. I don't know. Also, Gertrude just goes, those other girls make fun of you, but I'm not going to do anything about it. She doesn't give her advice. No, Uh, she's like, that happened to me too, but I had someone who defended me. Unlike you, you lonely ass bitch. (laughs) Basically, she doesn't give her any advice. She just lets her suffer. She's just like, well, too bad. That's the way the news goes. Yep. And then Ophelia reads to Gertrude, but it's kind of a saucy book. And Ophelia's like, this isn't devotionals. And Gertrude's like, some things are more important, like my smut. I'm not like most girls. Chuck Tingle presents Fucked in the Garden by the Personification of My Shame. I actually appreciate this bit about Gertrude, though, because it is kind of setting her up as a romantic and a bit of a horn dog, which makes it more realistic that when her husband dies, she'll immediately go to the first man who's like, wow, you're beautiful when you're sad. We also see, interspersed with Ophelia reading, a party, and we see Tom Felton for 2.5 seconds. I just noticed him in the scene. It, yeah. he, he doesn't do anything. But Ophelia also notices that Claudius is talking to the queen. Well, because... Invites her to dance. Yeah, because Hamlet Sr. doesn't care about dancing. You see Gertrude, like, turn to him and he's like, nah, I want to sit here. And Claudius comes up and she's like, well, I'm going to go dance with Claudius then. And, and this is interspersed with Ophelia continuing to read the erotica to Gertrude. So that clues us in to the fact that Gertrude wants to fuck Claudius. <gasps> but I really want to go back to the point I made about her looking. Because I think that that is the through line in which you can access Ophelia having more quote unquote agency. 
is like her listening to things or not being noticed because... Well, that trope of like, the janitor knows everything. Because no one pays attention to a janitor. Yes. She's the poor girl in court. No one pays attention to the poor girl in court. And so they'll just say things around her. Because they think that she's inconsequential. Because she is. Yeah. But you can have that without Ophelia being like, But I, unlike other girls, am super smart and speak my mind. No other girls ever. It's one of those weird things where it's weird feminism in that she is like separated from other women for wanting to be different. Which I'm going to say right now, Megan, isn't strength. No, it's lazy feminism. This is the feminism that teaches young girls misogyny. I hated girls growing up because of this type of feminism that I thought I was supposed to portray if I was going to be someone who was actually worthwhile, unlike the rest of the girls. And that's toxic as shit. Yeah, and they don't showcase these girls being nice to her or... The girls who like fashion are mean, catty bitches. Yes. And if you're cool and smart... You read. You read and you don't care about your looks because those two are completely separate things and you can't have both. That's what this movie does. It bothers me. It's bad. So anyway, Hamlet's back. And Hamlet Sr.'s like, Ah, my boy, who's every inch a king. Quoting King Lear, Act 4, Scene 6. Yeah, what the fuck? Which is also weird because that's said by King Lear when he's like losing his mind and it's a lot of dramatic irony about how he's really not anymore every inch a king. See, Megan, I would have loved it if King Hamlet goes, I learned that phrase from a good friend of mine all the way in Albion. That's England for you folks. Or if he was just like, you know, this one great poet once said... (laughs) So this, again, falls into a thing that we come across on the podcast a lot, which is a line being put somewhere else where if you look at it in its original context, it really doesn't make any sense. I also have a note here that uh, Claudius has resting bitch face. You know what he actually has, Marquez? Resting, he's obviously the villain face. (laughs) Yeah. Another thing in the interview, they fucking said that they really tried to make Claudius a fully three-dimensional character. But I don't know about you, Megan. He's just so well-rounded and complex. I just see a length, I see width, but goddamn do I see no depth here. Ophelia goes back to the river to swim in it, because remember, she'll drown there. But oh no, (laughs) Hamlet and Horatio stumble upon her. They want to get some fishes. They're coming fishing. And I will say... Instantly, I like Horatio more in this than I typically like Horatio. One, he's cute. Two, he's just like, oh, gee, the lady in the water. Let's go, buddy. Let's not go here. Maybe we back up. And Hamlet's like, ooh, what a fish is there. I want to touch its boobies. (laughs) Like, he's just very much like, I'm going to tease the girl I see bathing in the river. Man, and Ophelia almost like stands up and is like, damn, Ophelia, your bobbies. You can't show those. And thankfully, Horatio pushes Hamlet into the water so that Ophelia can run and get her clothes. So there's one more line that I think is important. Okay, go. Because Hamlet goes, oh, you're one of my mother's waiting women, so you can wait to get out of the water until I'm done fishing. And she goes, 
of all the ladies, I am least fond of waiting because I'm not like other girls. She says that, Megan? She says I'm not like other girls? But then she also says something important to him, which becomes incredibly important for the film, where she says that Hamlet is obviously struggling between his baser self and his better self. Which, yeah, that's Hamlet in a fucking nutshell. Like, yeah, you got it. I do like that. Yeah, I think think that is witty enough to work for Shakespeare. It also just is, yeah. You fucking read him. You read him while also it provides a microcosm for the character. Yes. In this one moment. It's perfect for this situation and it applies to everything else in his life. Great. Love it. Probably the best line of the film, honestly, is that little what seems like a throwaway in the moment. But he also seems affected by it because he's like, oh shit, she knows. So in the next scene, Hamlet comes to see the ladies as they're all looking at a tapestry that is being made for the queen. And we get Ophelia being super smart and not like the other girls. She knows the story of Diana and Acteon. And don't you know, Hamlet, Acteon watched her bathe and then she screwed him over for it. Just like you watch me bathe, because I'm Diana. Hamlet just goes, I always thought of Diana as a young girl. And this woman is far too old to be Diana. Uh Uh-oh. Apparently his mom refuses to ever age, so that strikes a chord and she wants the whole thing redone. And then she runs off and cries. So here's my thing. It was a mistake, Gertrude. He did not purposefully call you old. You are going off and sobbing because of this. I'm like, girl, feel hurt by it. Yeah, sure. But don't. Come on. It's okay, though. It's fine. She doesn't have to cry too long because who's here? Obviously, evil Claudius. Yeah, and Claudius is like, (laughs) your king doesn't treat you right. You know who would treat you right? Me. And she goes, you're my brother. And he says, in law, I am your brother. But I've never much loved the law. Gross. And then he kisses her like her smut books. Yeah, and then he says, you know what law I also don't care for? Regicide. No, he doesn't say that. But guess who sees them kissing? It's Ophelia. Ophelia sees it. And Claudius kisses Gertrude without her consent. And then he's like, come meet me for sex on the parapets. And she's like, no. No, no, I'm not going to. No, bye. And Ophelia's outside and she's like, oh, Hamlet, I thought you were a ghost. And I go, ha ha. Because there's supposed to be a ghost that this this movie doesn't want there to be a ghost. Get it? Like the ghost in Hamlet. And then Hamlet's just like, nah, I've dissected corpses. There's no room for ghosts. And I go, okay, yeah, in Hamlet. Hamlet was like, I don't think I believe in ghosts until he sees one. And it's like, oh, my whole world's turning upside down. But they're not going to do that second part, but okay. He basically tells her that he likes her. And she's just like, I'm Beatrice. And he's just like, no, but I'm Romeo. And she goes, I'm Beatrice. And I go, you guys are from two separate plays. This isn't working. And he goes, I want to dance with you. Save me one dance at least. And she just goes, I dance like a goat. And she's just like, not everything's what it seems. I might be pretty, but I'm not like other girls. This flower's pretty, but it's actually poison. Bye. I learned this from Friar Lawrence from Romeo and Juliet. I don't understand this scene. I don't understand their relationship. It's standard flirtation. No, it's it's not. Well, I mean... 
It is for different characters. Right, but that's my issue, is if they were being Beatrice and Benedict, I'd be like, I get it. If they were being Romeo and Juliet, I get it. But they are literally being Romeo and Beatrice. And those characters don't mesh. I also just don't get Hamlet's character from this. The only line that I get from his character is, I dissected corpses and there is no soul there. Yeah. Like, no room for ghosts there. That's the only line that I think is like Hamlet and everything else I just don't get. Like, Hamlet, to me, from my reading of the play, is someone who feels strongly about everything. Right. Like, he'd be direct. Yes, like, honestly, as much as I would hate it as a person, if he came up and was like, I am in love with you, I'd be like, whoa, that's Hamlet. And then she'd be like, what are you going to do about it? And he'd be like, no fucking idea. But that's how I feel. And I would be like, yep, that's Hamlet. But instead he's like, so I kind of maybe think maybe someday maybe you should dance with me because you're maybe pretty, I like it. Or he'd be like, I want to kiss you. And or he'd just go to do it and it would be like, whoa, that's not okay. And he'd be like, yep, sorry. But I'd be like, yeah, that makes more sense. It's just weird. It's off. Yeah, it's not Hamlet. And listen, that's fine, whatever, it's a reinterpretation. I just don't like it. I just don't like it. And he takes the ribbon from her hair as she's running away. So again, taking a favor from her without her consent. A theme of this movie. So Hamlet takes the ribbon and goes back up to the castle where Claudius is sparring and is like, I want to spar with you, Hamlet. And Hamlet's like, yeah, fine, sure, whatever. I guess this is our relationship. And then Claudius is like, oh, you have a red ribbon on you from a girl. She must be a hoe bag because it's red. Good for you, buddy. And I'm like, this is so weird. And Gertrude's like, if you're going to fight, whoever wins is going to wear my colors. I'm like, that's your son, Gertrude. And then... And your brother-in-law, Gertrude. Yes. And after Claudius says the thing about how he's like, good on you for getting a hoe bag. Hamlet gets angry and attacks him and wins the little bout. And Gertrude's just like, yay, how good of my son for attacking his uncle in rage and not doing it properly as if it was real sparring. And then Claudius attacks him from behind and downs him. And she's like, Claudius wins. Isn't that them tied? Shouldn't there be another bout where one of them wins? Because I'm counting one to one. Hamlet does say, and I like this, that his strength is in his mind and not in his sword. And Ophelia looks on him like, I like this. I also want to note here that one thing I like about this movie is that there are random people of color in various roles and it's not commented on. But all of the main cast are white. Are white. And then Horatio, who isn't. But he's not a main cast. He's not main. No. The main is Gertrude, Claudius, Hamlet, Ophelia, and they're all white. Yeah. I would have rather that one of them wasn't. We also see that King Hamlet Sr. sees all of this and sees Gertrude giving her colors to Claudius and he's mad. But we're not going to talk about it. We're going to go to a masquerade. And Gertrude is dancing with Claudius, and Ophelia is there, and she doesn't have a mask, and neither does Gertrude, because as we remember, they're both not like other girls. They just have makeup around their eyes. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just because uh, actors, they don't want to put the main cast in. No, I know, but it's just a thing. Uh, yeah. And Hamlet and Ophelia dance until what's-her-fuck cuts in. <laughs> what I said is, 
Hamlet dances with Ophelia, but then he has to dance with Christiana, who flirts with him and is absolutely a character who's actually in Hamlet. And then Ophelia leaves because she's so mad that in a situation where people are supposed to dance with multiple people, it's literally one of those switching around dancers games. Also, it's masks. So like there's a social construct of like, well, I don't know who's under that mask, even though you do know. It's kind of a weird social construct thing that you put on. But this begins our, oh, so Ophelia just gets pissy about things. And then she walks away because she has to go be alone in nature. And Hamlet follows her, and he calls her a little fish, which I actually like. I don't, because it's weird. But, like, it's just that thing of just, like... I just like cute little nicknames. Well, so here's the thing. It makes perfect sense. It works perfectly. It's calling back to something that they experienced together, which was him watching her bathe. Uh... Yeah, that's weird. That, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's one of those things where it's a pet name that is based on making fun of the person. Yeah, which I just personally don't like. It's a thing that absolutely happens in reality, and people end up finding endearing. But it's like if someone spilled mustard on themselves, <laughs> and then you're just like, "Oh, hey, mustard face," and that's what you call them for the rest of time. Yeah, but it's a term of endearment. It's not that you're calling the mustard face like... Well, no. Okay, fine. It's just like, oh, hey, pee pants. What's up? Like, it's a thing where it was an uncomfortable situation for that person and you're making it into a pet name, which, yes, like I said, people do it and it works for them. I just can't do it. Anyway, they share some wine and then he's just like, that's what people who are married do. (laughs) Share wine from a glass. It's funny. It's... Sweet. It reminds me of when kids would be on a swing set, and when you start swinging at the exact same time, you're like, "We're married." That's absolutely the vibes it gives, and I'm just like, "We've all been there." I mean, he's like 19, but you know, <laughs> I will say that is also very Hamlet in my mind. Yes, just like, "Up, oh, you did a thing. We're married." Mm, just kidding. Let me kiss you like a smut book. Yeah, but she she likes it. She does like it. She liked that smut book. And she leaves. She's all smiley. And the next day, Hamlet and Horatio are so hungover. And Hamlet's like, man, I'm in love. And Horatio's like, man, I can't wait to not have a hangover. And Hamlet's like, yeah, we need to go back to school. And Ophelia's like, what? Okay, we're on different sides of this. I think that Ophelia is fine to be upset that Hamlet's leaving because he did kiss her and kissing's a very big deal in early modern England and they did share a cup full of wine and Ophelia let her guard down for the first time and now she finds out that he's leaving. Does it logically make any sense, Megan? No, because here's the thing. One, she has a brother who studies abroad, who goes to school. She knows that they go to school. Yeah, no. He came back from school. He wasn't graduated. No. He was back from break. She should know that means they leave again. Two, she's like, all I ever wanted was to go to school. And then she's like, how fucking dare you go to school? Now, if she was jealous about that, if she was like, I'm pissed that you're leaving and you're not at least taking me with you to learn something, then I'd like it more. But the fact that she's just like, You go to school, and that's kind of how it sounds? Two fixes. Yeah. One, have Hamlet make a promise of some sort to her last night, and then break it this morning. Yes. Actually have him be in the wrong. 
That's yes. number one. If he was just like, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow or something. And then it was like, oh, I was just going to sneak off back to school tomorrow. Or if he says something like, we are bound now forever. Bye. Yes. Two. Have them actually talk about books and stuff. Then you could have it be like, and I will teach you things like, like, I want to teach you what I've been learning at my school. And then she gets her hopes up about that. And then she finds out that he's going back and leaving her. Yeah, basically the thing I said of just like, what do you mean you're leaving back to school and you're not even going to bring me when you know I'm a smart woman? But like, no, that's not what we get. We get she goes outside and she's sad. And he comes outside and he's just like, we're angry. And then they kiss again, but even more like the smut book. And then he's just like, my father would never allow this, which makes no sense. If she left after he said that, I'd also understand more. Like if Horatio moved away for a second and she like gave him a look and he went, my father would never allow this. Like you have to understand. And then she ran out. Also completely easy fix. Yes. But she does say, I was deceived in you. I see now you're but a prince, which is pulled from I was the more deceived in the nunnery scene when he says he doesn't love her. But that's not what this is about. No, that's not this scene. But that line is from that. So, okay. And then they play the ding dang letter song again, which am I supposed to think that he gave her that letter at this point? Because they never show us a letter that he gave her. We also get... Hamlet Sr. giving Hamlet precisely one hug before he leaves so that we understand why Hamlet cares about his father at all. God, it's rough, Megan. Hamlet's relationship with his dad and how much he cares when his dad dies is just a rough needle to thread in any version of Hamlet. Well, the thing is, in regular Hamlet, you never see his dad alive. You can assume that they had a great relationship. Or a bad one. Or a bad one, but just like a strong relationship. While in this film, we see Hamlet Sr. for quite a bit of the film, and they never once interact. Because the movie's about Ophelia. Anyway, Gertrude asks Ophelia to go to the woods to see a lady about some shit. Her name is Mechthilde. Ophelia's like, she needs what she needs. And MacTill's just like, what she needs is her youth, rest from her desires, a husband who knows love, not war. So is the film trying to tell us that Hamlet Sr. is actually a terrible husband because he's just a warlike man? Because honestly, yes. all I get is that he's a king. This movie's doing right now a lot of telling and not showing. Oh, also Gertrude says, don't look at her in the face. Because they're played by the same actress. Because you might recognize me as Naomi Watts. And I put down in my notes, I'm calling it the witch is her sister. The rich is Gertrude's sister. I don't give a fuck. So Ophelia tries to just steal the tonic and she's like, my fingers went numb. And Mechatilde's like, yeah, it's snake poison from the Americas. And I'm just like, oh, so that's that's what's going to kill Hamlet Sr. Because it's a snake thing. I've read the play. And then she goes back to Gertrude, gives her the shit, and then she comes across King Hamlet and Gertrude fighting, and King Hamlet is shit to women. He's like, you're like all women, improper, unloyal, duplicitous. Well, so what's happening is he's just like, I need to focus on this because Norway is about to invade us, like literally on our borders, and she's mad at him for focusing on that and not their relationship. And then she throws a bottle at his head and he gets mad at her, but does not harm her. 
And then it's like, he's such a monster. But I'm like, she literally threw a glass bottle at his head. That literally could have killed him. Well, Megan, I'm... So, no, here's my thing. This, for me, is a Johnny Depp Amber Heard situation. (laughs) Where I go, um, yeah. That's we're here now. (laughs) They're both toxic as shit people. They are horrible to each other. She is not without fault here, though. She hurt him. I think it's a little bit different when you're... In the 16 or whatever the fuck year we're in, and Gertrude literally has no power of her own. It's a little bit different of a power dynamic between the king and the queen. Well, so the thing there is, though, then what I would expect if they were going along that is that he would harm her for doing something like that. But he comes up to her angrily says something to her and leaves. Yeah, but that's also not a great thing. I mean, it's still abuse and no, like no, no. he's, I'm, he's I agree. exerting his power. I over- think he's a horrible husband, I, but I think that the scene makes us want to think that she's just an innocent wife, and I don't believe that for a second. Okay, I disagree, but I have no argument. I just don't see the scene that way, so I'm just going to move on. Anyway, Gertrude goes up to the parapet, so we know that she's going to go fuck Claudius, because that's where he said he'll be at midnight like every night if she ever wants to fuck him. And then Ophelia goes up there and doesn't see fucking, but she sees what looks like a ghost. And by that I mean a person in a hood. Yeah. It's very obviously just a person. And then a guard's like, haha, silly girl. And that's that scene. And then we cut to the next day, and Laertes is talking to Ophelia, and Laertes is like, I have a book on anatomy. Look how cool I am. And they have a conversation about corpses and digging up corpses. and Grave robbers are how we know everything about anatomy. And Laertes says, well, Horatio bribed some grave diggers to pull up a corpse. Remind me to tell Horatio to stay away from my corpse. (laughs) But really what she does is go, Ophelia will remember remember this. Yes. Uh Uh-oh. The king is dead. Bad news. Uh Uh-oh. Everybody's running around. Literally, she walks out a door and it's like an apocalypse film where suddenly everyone's running around and they're like, ah, ah. And it's just like, the king's dead. Ah, ah. Guards, guards, guards. Whoopsie. The king is dead. And Gertrude's in her room, ripping down tapestries. And I'm just like, okay. And then we see time passing. And we see a time dilation shot of King Hamlet's corpse being laid out. And then the funeral. And like the sun goes across the castle. And then it's a marriage between Claudius and Gertrude. But Gertrude looks pretty somber, which... Is not typically how we're made to think that that ceremony went, and it's kind of confusing to me because of how Gertrude one typically is and how Gertrude has been this entire film. But anyway, Laertes is like, Psh, Hamlet should be here for this wedding, and Ophelia's like, I'm smarter than you. Hamlet should be nowhere near this. He's too emotional, and then Hamlet interrupts the wedding. And he's just like, wow. This sucks. This sucks. I guess I'm too late. And then Claudius is like, yeah, you're too late to celebrate your dead dad, you dummy. You dumb little shit. You piece of human garbage. And then Hamlet's like, yeah, you would have thought maybe you guys would have taken some time to mourn. And 
Claudius is just like, yeah, well, when my dad died, I was a man about it. What the hell is this toxic masculinity bullshit? We need Macduff in here to be like, no, feeling it like a man includes crying and taking time and respecting that this death has affected you. And Hamlet's like, well, at least I wasn't improper like my mom was with you. And Claudius is like, how dare you say that shit to me? I'm a fucking villain. I'm going to yell at you that I'm your fucking king. I'm going to make you bow in front of me because I'm super three-dimensional. And then I we have so many sides. <laughs> Hamlet, I'm going to do a turn so you could see how many sides I have. One, two, three dimensions. Now bow, you sh- And then we turn to Gertrude, who's just like silent, just like, yeah, no, you should listen to him because I have zero agency and I am also a bad person, I guess. See, it's okay if she has zero agency because she's the queen. That's fine. But as we later find out, she does have some agency in the court. She just chooses not to stand up for Hamlet at all right now, really. And so Hamlet kneels and it's like, oh. Wow, I wonder if Claudius did it. Yeah, it's John, obvious. Jon Snow took the knee and now the people of the North are not happy. Are we the people of the North? Because, yes. I mean, I'm just upset with this whole thing. Outside, there are some ruffians. They tried to sexually assault one of these girls and Ophelia tries to stop them. Which I'm like, hey, Ophelia, this is a clear example. And I'm sorry to say this. Of someone putting contemporary thoughts into a person in the past. I get that it's fiction, but like, what is your plan, Ophelia? Your plan is to say, hey, stop to these four to five guys trying to assault this woman. Who I think are guards, so they are like actually trained Go get someone who... Has a weapon, at least? Yes, because then they obviously turn on Ophelia. They're like, what are you going to do? And she's like, well, I'll make you pay. And they were like, oh, so you're a whore. Okay, let's attack her and pay for it. And lucky for her, Hamlet shows up with a sword to defend her. Like, Like, listen, I'm all for action Ophelia actually show her do something then yes if she took the water jug she had and she knocked one of them in the head and was like run yes i'd be like hell yeah because that's what would happen you'd go i attack the one that is currently attacking you while the others are surprised i say we both run away perfect could have fixed that but instead she just says something and then well because she also can't be a fighter her strength also has to be inside in her mind like hamlet Ah, fuck that. Like, I feel bad because I I don't feel qualified to talk about this feminist portrayal when both the screenwriter and the director are both women. It's wild. It's not powerful to say, hey, you stop assaulting that girl. Or else. Or else. Nothing to back it up because I'm like, you wouldn't say that. That's like what a little kid does and you go, oh no, that little kid's going to get killed by the rhino if Spider-Man doesn't come back. And, like, you don't believe the kid could actually beat the rhino. Classic Megan. Always getting her literary references <laughs> from seminal classic, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> I mean, that's what this feels like. But that little kid should be dead. Yes. Ophelia should have been attacked. 
Hamlet happened to be there with a sword. Spider-Man happened to be like, whoops. Read the room, Ophelia. This isn't the Green Goblin showing up and the people of New York saying, if you mess with one of us, you You mess mess with with all of us. us. Marquez gets his literary reference from seminal classic, Spider-Man. Hamlet saves her with the sword and she's like, ugh. I hate that you saved me with your sword. I hate you for having to go to school. And he's like, can we just like talk? Can I apologize to you? And she's like, no. And then she runs into Gertrude's room and he tries to follow her to be like, can we talk? And Gertrude's getting ready for a bath. And he's like, whoops, that's my almost snaky mom. And he drops the ribbon of hers. And then Ophelia realizes, oh my God, he's honest about it. He's been carrying my ribbon. All this time he was at school, I thought he just forgot about me, and he said he never did, and now here's physical proof that he didn't. Wanna know how you could fix this? Speak to him. I meant the screenwriter. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, have her speak to him. Have her say, you never wrote to me while you were there. Yeah, because then I'd be like, yeah, I understand why she's pissed, but right now it's just like, she's assuming that he hates her, but he's like, no, here's proof I don't. Listen, Hamlet's not a great guy and not a great character in the play Hamlet. But the Hamlet in this movie has done nothing wrong except for, say, I'm going back to college, which I planned to do anyway because I was only here for, like, summer break. And now now his dad's dead. Ophelia (laughs) just seems like a bitch. Like, she's not good here. I don't, like, I feel bad. Again, I feel bad. Well, because it's also that stereotypical thing of, wait, oh my gosh, my thing, he does love me. Like, that's so weak. Anyone could keep something. That doesn't mean it means anything to them. It could mean they're dang lazy. Or he kept it in his pocket so that he could use it. Like an expired bus pass that says that you're still a student and you bring it down to your college campus so you can still ride buses for free. It doesn't mean he held it when he wasn't on campus. So Laertes is leaving for France. And he is just like, hey, Ophelia, everyone's saying the prince wants to fuck you, so worry about that. He's going to steal your virginity. Bye. Excuse you. He doesn't leave quite yet because Polonius comes in and he does some of his little speech, except not at all. All of this is just so boring. So here's the thing. So the whole neither a borrower nor a lender be speech by Polonius. In Hamlet, every version I've ever seen is kind of done jokingly. Like, oh, he's this guy who just says a bunch of stuff, and his family's like, yada yada, dad, I get it. And in this, I feel like the screenwriter was trying so hard to make it not verbose and boring that they modernized it and made it awkward and boring. And this whole film, as we said at the beginning, kind of suffers from how poetic it tries to make everyone. And then they took this very easy poetic section and just removed all the poetry from it. And it makes no sense at all. I feel like they felt like they needed to include this or else people would be like, what? But Ophelia's in that scene. So they just butchered it and put it in. Yeah, it's going through the motions. We love going through the motions here, Megan. We love having to meet our certain beats by also trying to be different when you could just be different. And then going along with being different, they completely changed the character of Polonius by being like, hi, I'm Polonius. Ophelia, Hamlet likes you. I totally want you with him. You guys should have sex. And she goes, I don't want to do that. And he goes, 
you're so bad because you're too good. That is the complete opposite of that whole relationship, and it makes no sense yet again. Well, also, Megan, maybe, just maybe, we don't know Polonius's character. Because in a movie about Ophelia, why would we need to develop a relationship between her and her father when he definitely stays alive for the whole film? We don't need to develop this relationship at all, Megan. We don't need to have them have good interactions with each other because obviously Polonius is going to stay alive this whole time. Megan, we're fine. We're fine. We don't need to give her a reason to grieve him. It's not like he's going to die. What, every time we show him, they'll be at odds? But not in like a, we used to be close, but now we're at at odds way. Just in a, well, now we've seen since childhood, they've always been at odds. And they just don't really interact. If the movie's truly about Ophelia, why don't we just have more of her relationship with her family? Why is Laertes in like five seconds of the film? Yes. Because it's not good, Megan. He's supposed to care so strongly about her that he wants to kill Hamlet? Why? They barely talk. So Horatio allows Ophelia into the library, into the next scene. She's like, I can't go in there. And Horatio's like, yeah, whatever. Because Horatio's a real one. And Ophelia's like, I don't like Hamlet. And Horatio's like, well, there's a, a method to Hamlet's madness. Because as we said before, we can't know more about Polonius. We have to give his lines to Horatio. Because obviously Horatio is a much more important character to Ophelia than Polonius is. And Horatio's like, meet Hamlet on the ramparts at midnight. And she's like, yeah, fine, okay. By the way, stay away from my grave when I'm dead, you creepy, creepy grave robber. See, it's funny because that's what Hamlet and Laertes do, is they interrupt her grave. They don't stay away from her grave when she's dead. So she goes to the ramparts and, oh, geez, it's Hamlet. She doesn't say she thought he was a ghost, though. But Hamlet says, the court says there's a ghost up here. The movie will not show it to us, though, because I'm pretty sure it's just that cloaked figure from before. And Hamlet, he definitely does have a method to his madness, man. He's going to definitely explain his feelings for Ophelia. Oh, wait, no, he's just there to question Ophelia on whether or not his mother Gertrude was faithful to her husband. And when Ophelia refuses to give up the secret, which, hey, I don't get why Ophelia... Why have her see them kissing if she's not going to use that information? Well, she will later because she becomes Detective Ophelia later. But why not just give... Why not help Hamlet now so that maybe the ending could be different? Well, because we can't change the play. We're just changing the play. (laughs) Hamlet spews some misogynistic shit saying that all women are the same. They're duplicitous shits. No, he says they're fickle and frail, which is a reference to frailty thy name is woman from Hamlet when he says that in the play, which is still a misogynistic shit thing to say. But Ophelia is just like, well, maybe that's just your family. Not me, though. I'm not like other girls. And Hamlet goes, you're not like other girls at all. And then the song starts playing. Well, Megan, I need to get into what Hamlet actually says instead of boiling it down to you're not like other girls. Ophelia says, maybe that's just people. Maybe people are fickle and frail. And Hamlet goes, I know what people are, and you are not. You're an alien, Ophelia. Hey, maybe. Ophelia. And then he's like, you're my true love. 
and they kiss and I just go, okay. No, this is the exact cringy ass shit hot topic goth anarchist boys say in order to fuck women, in order to isolate and abuse women. See, listen, I'm a Hamlet apologist. I think Hamlet's a little bit of a shit, but Hamlet also has had a rough time going. He is a sad, sad boy who a lot of things have gone wrong for. But like this shit, I don't want this to be the impetus for their relationship. I don't want their relationship to be based on... All women are shit, except except I guess you. you. It is him telling her, you're not like other girls, except for the fact that this movie, in no way, shape, or form, ever tries to say that that mindset is bad and toxic. No, and that's, I think, the problem with this. And I think where this isn't working as something set when Hamlet's supposed to be set. I think if this was set in 2006, I'd understand it more because I'd be like, yeah, he's a hot topic shopper. She's a hot topic shopper. Because as a 2006 hot topic shopper, I was also like, yeah, all women suck, as I mentioned before. And they're both doing that thing of 2006 preteen hot topic shoppers where you go, well, I'm not like other girls. I'm actually smart. And they go, yeah, I like that you're not like other girls because every other girl sucks and you don't. And you go, yeah, every other girl sucks. And it's just back and forth and just piles on itself. And if it was set in 2006, I would go, I can't completely blame Hamlet for saying this thing because society has kind of made alt kids feel like this is what you're supposed to say and do, and they believe it. It's kind of a shitty thing that society put onto people to make them feel like they have to isolate to be unique. Listen, but, it's 2021, baby. And the thing is, the problem is, though, this is set in the fucking, like, 1400s, whenever the hell it's set, two, 1200s, whenever this is. I don't know. I'm not paying attention. Well, Megan, they have to make it contemporary for modern audiences. Well, so it <laughs> sucks, though, because it's like, so this is set when Hamlet was set, and so he doesn't have society saying this individualist alt mindset thing. The only thing I can take from it is just he's a misogynistic pretentious shit and that sucks listen it's 2021 and the only people you should be hating on are bigots and you shouldn't be hating on girls who quote unquote all women or like girls who like fashion and pretty things which is like what this movie is like for some weird reason trying to like hate on is like women who care about how they look look and wearing jewels (laughs) and being clean like, that's kind of what Gertrude's fault is, is that she's trying to cling to her youth. And like, maybe she shouldn't be doing that so much. And I'm like, why are we shaming her for not wanting to get old? Something that many people don't want to do. And why are we praising Ophelia for being like, I don't like these girls? Like, yes, the girls make fun of her and that's shitty. The, the fact the, that the... she not all women's herself. Well, it's also just not like, realistic. No. It's not realistic, and I'm sure that you'll find one... Like, she doesn't have one girlfriend, like, one female friend to talk to that's unrealistic. Megan, it's also all made up. Megan, guess what? The handmaiden stuff, it's made up. The film makes it up. There are no handmaidens. Ophelia's not a handmaiden. In Hamlet, Ophelia, not a handmaiden. So yeah, it's all made up. I'm sorry. I was trying to, like... She's Polonius' daughter, and that is her only connection to the court. I feel bad because I was trying to, like, fix it, and I'm just like, they just fucking made that up, so it's all... They made up a bad thing. Yeah. 
I like how Hamlet has dark circles under his eyes, and it's a good contrast to what he was like beforehand. They're going to start becoming very obviously big black eyeliner, though. I do not care. I I just find it really funny because there's a moment where I'm like, you're now Gerard Way on stage. It's no longer baggy, dark bags. It's you're an emo kid. Ophelia goes back to MacTilds because she needs to get some more of that good, good snake poison. But she sees a snake on the ground. She does. She also sees, oh no, it's that cloaked specter. And I go, okay, it's Claudius. I get it. Yeah, Claudius got the poison from here. And she almost gets caught, but she doesn't. And the witch is there. And the witch tells Ophelia that her desires will get her hurt. Well, because she's not like other girls. And I, too, says the witch, was not not like like other other girls. girls. You see, I had a child who died in my womb, and everyone thought I was a witch, and a man accused me, and I was going to be killed, but luckily I took a little bit of poison, not enough to kill me, only enough to Juliet me for a few hours, and so I was asleep, and then I woke up, and luckily I had the antidote in my pocket. This is all so convoluted. What bothers me is that... This obviously has no bearing on anything that's happening, which means it makes it so blatantly obvious that, oh, so Ophelia's going to drink two drops of the poison so that she falls asleep and people think she's dead and then she'll wake up, take the antidote and survive. Because there's no other reason for this to be here. And it's such lazy writing. Yeah, it's bad setup and payoff. I love setting and payoff. There's nothing inherently wrong with setting something up to have it pay off. But when it's so blatantly the only... The only thing that could happen. Yes. Continuing along with that, Ophelia's like, what about your lover? And MacTilde goes, well, he was recently married. So it's Claudius. So it's fucking Claudius. This whole scene is so frustrating. So it's like, oh, that in the cloak was obviously Claudius. Oh, this is obviously what Ophelia's going to do. Oh, her past lover was obviously Claudius. So they purport that they're giving Ophelia agency. However, Ophelia just she... stumbles across yes! all of this information. She doesn't figure anything out. She's told the answers. Then she tells the answers to someone else. Yes, she is not like doing investigating or asking certain questions it's of people. It's not because she's actually smart and learned how to read. She doesn't like read something that people assumed she wouldn't have been able to that I... gives her the answer. And she goes, wow. <laughs> Do you want to know what a lack of agency is, Megan? It's a character who things just happen to them. That's all that Ophelia is in this. Yes. She doesn't have more agency. She has more lines. And she also has more of a personality and more of a girl boss. I state my opinion, which isn't agency. That's not agency. Agency is I'm going to go out and do things. Later on, she does something that gives her more agency, but it's not any of this like she should be like i'm going to figure out what happened to king hamlet's death i'm going to purposefully investigate and find out because i think like that if something she did is... experiments with the poison and found out while doing experiments that if you take a little bit the subject doesn't die and then she figures that out for herself or don't have that be a plot point in the movie i mean just anything though no, I'm, yeah it's really frustrated <laughs> Yeah, have her showcase this instead of having things happen to her. Like, this woman gives up this information, this story about her, apropos absolutely nothing, that Ophelia showed up. Luckily, we cut to a small, small, small moment that is one of my favorite moments of the film, which is 
Ophelia's in a church and Hamlet's hiding in the confessional and she comes up to the confessional to pretend to do confession and she and Hamlet are actually just secretly talking. And I think that that's great. Everything that happens in this scene from that moment on, I don't like. But I like that that's how they talk because it's a secret romance in a castle. So I think it's heretical and sweet. He wants to be with her and she's like, people will talk. And he's like, let them talk. I want to marry you. I've got a priest out in the country who will marry us, dress up like a shepherd woman and I'll dress up like a shepherd and we'll get married. And he says, I would rather be married to you than be the king ever. And she's like, wow, how romantic. And then, Megan, they just show us them getting married and then they fuck. And it is neither romantic. Nor, nor necessary. Nor sexy. It's not needed. I actually hate the idea that Hamlet and Ophelia got married. I hate that. I think it adds nothing to their characters. You just want to make this more like Romeo and Juliet. And you just want to show them fucking, but you said it in the past, where obviously no one can fuck unless they're married. This movie either needs to be 30 minutes longer or more focused and 30 minutes shorter. Also, they make out in some flowers, because you remember that scene where Ophelia goes mad and she has all those flowers? Flowers. Anyway, so now Ophelia's secret married and she wakes up Gertrude. She doesn't deny the rumors of her hanging out with a farm boy. And Gertrude kind of shames her a little for it. And it doesn't really matter. And then who shows up but the cloaked figure? Wow, yeah, it's Claudius. He takes off the cloak and we're like, yeah. And he goes, it looks like you've seen a ghost. And I say, yeah, this is dumb. This is the part where I do think that she has a little bit more agency. She searches his cloak and finds the vial of the snake venom. And right as she does, Claudius walks up and is like, are you the reason why Hamlet's being so weird? Is it you? And then he's just like, your father says Hamlet's in love with you. And he like caresses her lip because he's an obvious villain creeper. And then Claudius discovers the ring that she has tied around her neck. A terrible place to hide a ring. Especially because it's on this really thick fabric. Not even like a simple small chain. It's this thick red fabric. Yeah, why don't you just have like a part of your like sleeve that you have like a small pocket sewn into. Or just tie it with a thread to the inside of your clothing. Yeah. And this whole time that she's being like handled, she still somehow has the vial and does not expose it. But anyway, he drags her to the church area again. And this is the nunnery scene. Yeah, he says, we'll put her out as bait. That's a really big simplification of what is said at the start of that scene, but okay. But Megan, I have to say, and I mean this with all sincerity, this is my favorite scene in this movie. I have some issues with it, but of course we'll you do, it. Megan. I am taking this at Ophelia levels yeah, of yeah, value. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. taking this at Hamlet levels. No, like, I can't compare this to Hamlet because they already said that they're doing a fucking revisionist shit about it. So what happens is what we know as the nunnery scene is actually in this movie. Ophelia revealing this information that she found out to Hamlet and them kind of doing a little play acting. So what we see as an audience in like the play of Hamlet is the scene as it plays out. 
But Ophelia reveals the information about Claudius being there, watching them. Being a killer. Being a killer and everything to him in this scene. And they just kind of have to play it out as though they're having a fight. So here... Okay, tell me your issues. One of my biggest issues is an issue that I have throughout this entire film, which is this film does a ton, a ton, a ton of telling, not showing. So the whole premise of the scene is Claudius goes, Hamlet is acting so weird and angry and all this, but literally all that we've seen of Hamlet at all, really, is him being happy and in love with her. And that bothers me because they're like, we're following the plot of Hamlet, but we'll never show him putting on an antic disposition at all, but we'll still have people act like he has been. They have the courtroom scene that we mentioned, and they have him walking in on his mom. And I think the whole madness thing is just an excuse to try to get rid of Hamlet. I think it's along with what you were saying that this movie either needs 30 more minutes or 30 less minutes. And the thing that we said about the Polonius speech, where they're trying to make sure that they follow all the points. But we don't get to see them because it's from Ophelia's point of view. Right. So we need to be told that these things are happening because Ophelia is our point of view character and she's not there for certain things. Or like, I'd like her to say, yeah, Hamlet is acting a little strange. Like, I'd like her to see, or like, I know that Hamlet's having a hard time because that's never said. Or we just have a scene where she's looking out a window and, and sees Hamlet, Hamlet being like, "Ooh, look at that camel cloud. Like him being weird and her taking note of it because she's watching everyone, but apparently not Hamlet. So we never see Hamlet actually, we just see his bags under his eyes getting bigger, but I have no reason to know why that's happening. Yeah, we should see a scene where he's acting weird in public and then have him talk to Ophelia in private and be like, I'm putting on an antic disposition. Like something. Because in the play, he only tells Horatio. Horatio is the only one who knows. And in the movie, he tells no one. Because yeah. he doesn't do it. It doesn't happen. They like go through the scene and she's just like, Claudius did the thing, yada, yada, yada. And then Hamlet's like, okay, pretend that I yell at you right now. Like, I'm going to pretend to be mad. And he tells her that for her own safety, she should go to the nunnery, which I like. I do like that. I like that that's genuine. Because they can think the people who are watching could, if they heard it, which he says it under his breath, though, so they shouldn't hear it. But if they had heard it, they might be like, oh, he's telling her to get to a nunnery because implications. Mm -hmm. But he's being sincere for her safety. I think, yeah, my really just my main issue is that. My favorite thing is you said, I have problems with this scene. And then you went on to say that your main issue has nothing to do with this scene. It's not this everything. scene in particular. It's in the setup to this scene where they go, Hamlet's been acting Hamlet's strange. Hamlet's been acting strange. You, and just then, wanna, you just want that to be shown. I just don't like when movies tell me a thing and I've had literally only the opposite shown to me. Yeah. Because they were like, last scene, Hamlet was super happy having sex, enjoying himself. And then they're like, Hamlet's wild. But Megan, like, you've read Hamlet. You know that that's what What if happens. I hadn't? Yes, Megan. And that's the contemporary audience that they want. Yes. They're <laughs> like, this is for people who haven't seen Hamlet. And I'm like, so I'd be confused as hell. Yes. I'd be like, what do you mean Hamlet's acting mad? It'd be bad. So anyway, Megan, uh, I like this scene because it uh, portrays the themes in Hamlet about political intrigue and what we show others and what we keep private. And it turns this scene on its head into being that Hamlet and Ophelia are keeping things private between themselves. 
but being open about a lie that they have, which the rest of the people in the scene thinks is a private conversation in between them. This I love. This is the like shit about Hamlet that I like. Yeah, no, I, I think the concept of this scene is the most on point for what this film was trying to show and do while still sticking to the themes of Hamlet. So Claudius sees all this and goes, wow, Ophelia's dangerous. Let me just say something. In the play, everyone sees that and goes, wow, Hamlet's messed up. He's rude and bad. We got to do something about this. In this movie, Claudius goes, wow, Ophelia's dangerous to this kingdom. Marry her off to someone. Makes no sense. Makes literally no sense. Well, because it's like, oh, she's inciting Hamlet's madness. Like, But he just said, like, get out. I don't love you anymore. Leave. So why would you think that means that he's in love with her and she needs to be married off to someone? Because they're bad. It's a bad king. And it's lazy writing. It's bad writing. You had a great idea and then you went, oh, but I want to do something else. I want to make her more like Juliet. So let's say that she has to get married. Yep. She's going to be married to the shitty ruffian guy from the scene before. They just said, you're you're free. You know a guard who's free, right? Yeah, he's a shitty ruffian guy who tried to attack a girl whose name is Viola because Shakespeare. Anyway, it's the player scene. Everyone's having fun. And Horatio goes to tell Hamlet, don't do it. And Hamlet's like, oh shit, Ophelia's here. I literally told her to get to a nunnery and I meant it. What is she doing here? And I like that they're continuing this thread because I do like this. And then he goes up to Ophelia and is like, you're a fish, which then implies to the audience that her father is a fishmonger, which is from Hamlet. And I like that. I like that they did that. But he calls her a fish because he saw her swimming in the lake before, which I think connects it to that. And I think it's pretty okay. No, no, I like I like that this is done. I would not want someone to nickname me fish because they watched me bathe in a river. That's fine. I just think that this is the shit I want in a revision of. Yes, it's like those behind the GIF post things that people do. That's like a lead up cartoon. And then it shows what happens in the GIF. And you're like, ah, I don't I didn't ask that question, but this was enjoyable. But it's also not like Han Solo's name in the movie Solo. where He's like, who are your people? I don't have anyone. Well, we'll just call you Han Solo. So they do the little lap thing where he's like, oh, my head in your lap, like this whole mm-hmm. inappropriate thing. But she's like, hey, I'm going to get arranged married. And he says, marry a fool, which is a line that he actually says in the nunnery scene when he's just like, I hope your womb rots. And, you know, it's a bit nicer in this one. And then they go on this whole thing, this little skit about Yorick. Yeah, they talk about Yorick. But it's weird, because they're like, man, remember Yorick used to make fun of Claudius and got killed because of it? And I'm like, that is not what was said in Hamlet, but okay. Don't worry about it, Megan, the play happens. I actually really like the setup for the players thing, because it's all in shadows, and I love shadow projection dance art stuff. It's cool. Do you like the tree made out of people? I do like the tree made out of arms. I like that a lot. So anyway, that happens. It's a little like pantomime and then Claudius. Well, wait, first I gotta say Hamlet is staring so intently at Claudius. He's like standing up practically, leaned over like three people staring at Claudius's face. That's the noise that Hamlet makes. It's so bad. But Megan, obviously like in the play, Claudius kind of just gets up, says lights, lights, gets mad a little bit and then leaves, right? That's what. No, no, Marquez. 
please tell me whatever he does is completely three-dimensional. He says, I am a villain who killed King Hamlet Sr. And I want to murder all of the players. And then everyone does. Well, Hamlet pulls a sword on... Because he's like, oh, he did it. He made it obvious. I'm going to stab him right here. And Ophelia jumps in front of the sword. No, Hamlet. First off. Not like this. First off, this is not a Hamlet move. No. Hamlet is not a person who's going to kill... He's not a rash decision person. Well, he's also not going to kill someone in the middle of the court. No. He knows better. That's why he wanted to kill him. I don't know when he goes to talk to Gertrude later and he thinks that they're all alone. And there's no one else there. That's why he wants to kill him when he's praying. But then he's like, oh shit, he's praying and he'll go to heaven. I can't kill him. He, wants he thinks alone. about this too much. If he thinks enough to be like, I can't kill him when he's praying because he deserves to go to hell. He wouldn't pull a sword here. Right. Anyway, Claudius looks at him and is like, this is treason and I'm going to do nothing about it. Yeah, Megan, because it doesn't make any sense because in the play, Hamlet gets sent off to England because he kills Polonius, but Claudius does nothing when Hamlet pulls a sword on him, so why have why this happen? Why have him say this is treason and look at him like, I'm going to have your head for this? And then anyway, he has all the players hanged, which does not happen, and an innocent king would not do. And Gertrude confronts Ophelia and is like, I know all about Hamphelia. How dare you lie to me? I was a mother to you and you turned my son against me. And Ophelia just goes, sorry, I thought you'd understand. And Gertrude slaps her and is like, you protest too much. And I hate them using that line there. Yeah, it doesn't work here. It doesn't work. They just went, well, we gotta we, use the we protest to too it. much line. We gotta we say it. can't have it anywhere else that might make sense. Polonius wants Ophelia married right now because he wants to survive. But and then he's like, because I think I'm going to get fired. And I'm like, okay, so do you think you're going to get killed or fired? Because, like, if you just get fired, you can find another job. You're a learned man who worked for the court. But he's going to go beg for the queen's forgiveness. Uh-oh, that means he's going to go to her room and die. We cut really quick to the next morning, and Horatio is like, hey, Ophelia, Polonius is dead. And she goes to her dad's body. And Hamlet's getting taken away. So it's like instantly, actually. So what? Her dad was like, I'm going to go talk to the queen. And she's like, well, I'm going to go hang out with my best friend Horatio, apparently. Gertrude's like, it was an accident. Hamlet's like, I'm sorry, please forgive me, please. And yeah, Gertrude's like, it's my fault if anyone's. Honestly, it's not Hamlet's fault. And then they bury Polonius, and she obviously had such a close relationship with him. She puts flowers on his grave, because remember, there's a scene where she goes mad and she has flowers. So Megan, I hate that they don't have a strong relationship, because she doesn't seem that affected. Like, she no. sobs a little. She cries because her dad died. But it's not like her dad, who was one of two people in the world who cared about her besides Hamlet, who she's unsure about even caring about her at this point. I think people are weird about Ophelia saying that, what, she's such a victim, she goes mad because one of the men that she loves in her life kills the other one that she loves in her life. While she's obviously not a strong female character because she's broken by this, I'm like, that would break many people. She can still be- If my boyfriend killed my mother- Be fucked up. I would end up needing to be hospitalized. Yes, it would break you entirely. I get like wanting to give her more agency, but it's like- It's that bullshit misogynistic shit and toxic masculinity where you say, well, crying and grieving is weak. My question is like, why does Ophelia need more agency 
because she's not like I feel bad saying that, but it's like, well, what agency do you want her to have? Well, it's turning her more robotic. She like, has a personality until something affects her, and then she's able to be strong enough to survive it. But, like, I just don't understand. It's not her story. Like, no. I wouldn't understand if it was someone whose story it was who doesn't have agency. Like, I love giving people more agency. Right. But it's not bad to be a victim. No, you can find strength in being a victim, and you can have a very compelling character who's a victim. And guess what? I am compelled to like the character of Ophelia in Hamlet when she goes mad. Because everyone she loved betrayed her, left her, or is dead. So I don't have a problem with the character of Ophelia, which is my main problem with this movie. Is I think she's a great character. I don't feel it's necessary to give her agency. Like, I don't feel like it's something that is a wrong that needs to be righted. No. I think that someone like Kate, that character, is a wrong that needs to be righted. That's a character who has been treated unfairly in the text. But I don't think that Ophelia is treated unfairly in the text. That's where I'll go back to saying what this film ends up doing but wasn't their mission, but honestly should have been their mission to make it cleaner, is not giving her more agency, but giving her more lines. Because that's really all they ended up doing. And they could have done it better if that was actually their focus. I would love Action Ophelia if that's what this was, but this is not Action Ophelia. Like in the few scenes it is. And I like when the movie does what it wants to do well, which I think are that nunnery scene and when she takes the vial from Claudius and then every other moment, I'm like, it's not doing what it wants to do. So anyway, whatever, we gotta move on. Horatio tells her that Hamlet is going to England with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern and that he is completely destroyed because he hurt her. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, okay. And next we see Laertes is on a horse and he's really mad. And he's like, who killed my dad? I want to kill him, eye for an eye. And Claudius is like, ah, yes, I'm a villain. It was Hamlet. Kill Hamlet. And then Gertrude says, it was a mistake. And I think this is the first time, which is wild to think that Gertrude doesn't trust Claudius. And I'm like, the obvious bad guy? Because she's just like, think about your sister, who suddenly I care about after being nothing but an absolute horrid person to her for this whole film, mostly. Again, make Claudius a good guy. I want to have a reason, because the reason I hate Gertrude in this is because he's so so oblivious. Claudius is so obviously evil. Yeah. And she's dumb. Anyway... It's Ophelia's wedding day. She's getting ready. She's like, I miss my Hamlet, my lover Hamlet. And Christiana's like, you're fat. she's dead and you're fat. Unnecessary. Why do we need to make Christiana such a fucking asshole? And then she also calls Rosencrantz and Guildenstern her Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, <laughs> which I don't know what that's supposed to be implying. I know I just said something mean about Christiana, but get it, Christiana. Get it, girl. I want to see that play. There's a girl fight. <laughs> Because Christiana's like, well, he's dead, obviously. And then Ophelia's like, what do you know? Where is she? Where is she? And And then Ophelia starts to strangle her. Yeah, and Christiana's like, there's nothing you can't do with all your strength. And then it's just the Dark Knight scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But she does finally admit to Ophelia that they were told to throw him overboard as soon as they left the port, which is not at all what they were told to do in Hamlet, but sure, okay. Then Ophelia's sad, so of course she has to go outside and be alone in nature. And the gosh dang song plays again. And Horatio comes to her, and she's like, oh, Horatio, Hamlet's daddy, they're gonna kill him when the ship leaves. And he's like, the ship hasn't left yet. It's still right there. And then he's just like, quick, you've got to go. I'm going to help you not get married. And then the guard husband, Edmund, whom she's supposed to marry, is like, oh, where is she? And Horatio's just like, oh, I haven't seen her. I don't even know Ophelia. Ophelia? I don't know her. And then she goes to escape some way. But uh uh-oh, very obviously the villain Claudius is here, and he starts strangling her immediately. And he's like, I heard about a marriage that a priest did. I'm like, you saw that she had a ring. So first, um, he says, basically, he's like, I'm gonna murder you right now, and no one is gonna miss you. No father, no brother, no husband. And I'm like, are you going to whisper, I killed Hamlet Sr., and then drop her off a cliff? I killed Mufasa. Murderer! Bad move. We we, we said it was a bad move in The Lion King, and it's a bad move here. Don't be so obvious in your villainy. And then he's just like, Gertrude thinks you've lost it, and you're a wackadoo. You've got no one. And I'm like, Gertrude never liked her to begin with, but okay. And then she, being a witty girl who's not like other girls, is like, Well, your only child died before he drew breath. It was you who was Mactilde's husband, and you turned the village against her. (gasps) And I went, wow, this twist doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter. Well, Megan, it means that he's a misogynistic shit. He's always been this way. It's not even like he likes Gertrude. Yeah. Is that what I'm supposed to think? Because I don't care. Thankfully, before Claudius can, I don't know, slit her throat, Edmund shows up and is like, Oh, my wife. And Claudius is like, put her in a cell. Nah, uh, uh, she's a traitor and traitors don't get to get married. Put her in a cell. And Edmund's like, I'll put her in a cell. Hey, I want to fuck you though still. And Ophelia's like, oh, you want to fuck me? Come get it, big boy. Ophelia attack. And she kicks him in the balls. Megan? Why doesn't she do this at any point before? At any point before. Why has she never kicked someone in the balls and then hit them in the head with a torch and probably killed them? Why is this the first time? I love this. See, because I made a joke about action Ophelia before. But it's like, no, but this is real action Ophelia. I'm okay. This is when she starts taking the reins. Things have gone too far. It's like, she should have been taking the reins the whole time. But then she's like, okay, what do I do? People think I'm mad because Claudius said that people think I'm mad. Which makes no sense. I don't know why anyone would think she's mad, but okay, I'll run with it. And so she grabs some flowers and then she does the flower scene, but it's a ploy now. It's also boring. Yeah, it's not that exciting. Because she only takes it to Gertrude, really. Because she's like, Gertrude thinks I'm mad, so I'm going to focus on her. And I think that seems way better if she talks to more people. Hey, Megan, you want to know why it's boring? Yeah. It's boring because it's not really her going mad and doing the flower scene, which is what makes that scene interesting. And interesting. She's just like, I'm going to pretend I'm mad and just give a bunch of flowers to Gertrude. And then I'm going to give fennel and columbine to Claudius because you don't get flattery from my father anymore. And then I'm going to go to Horatio and be like, by the way, visit my grave before my body gets cold. If someone said that to me, I would go, wow, that was creepy and weird. 
and tuck it away in my brain forever. Hold on to that thought for later. And Claudia says, arrest that woman. And Laertes goes, you touch her, I touch your neck with my sword. Gertrude finally intervenes and says, actually let her fucking go. She's literally mad. Just let her be. Let her go be mad somewhere. And so they let her go and Claudia's like, follow her. And they play that ding dang song again. And she's running Oh, and she oh, she's like, oh, I got the vial. Oh, she takes it, but not too much. And then she goes into the river where I go, okay, if you pass out in a river, you're going to drown. <laughs> yeah, because if you're upside down for that, that's bad. You'll literally die. You're a dumb idiot. And the end. Yeah, I put the end. Did you put the end in your notes? Yeah, I wrote, oh, wait, Gertrude goes to save her and the guards are like, no, 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 she's dead. The end. And then Horatio digs her up before she's cold, just like she asked, he says. I'm sorry. Horatio got that fucking clue. Like I said, I'd just be like, this is scary and weird. I'm going to repress this. That's the biggest leap of logic. Well, also because it kind of implies that the two of them, which this movie has started to do for the past like five scenes, are like good friends. Which is out of nowhere. They never speak. That's like those people who write fan fictions and are like, actually, Naruto is best friends with Sailor Moon. You're like, they're not even in the same show. Megan, another fix. Have Hamlet, Horatio, and Ophelia all be- A couple. Colluding with each- No. Right, right. No, of course not. Of course not. Of course not. Yeah, colluding. Mm -hmm. Colluding with each other since the beginning. Yes. And so Hamlet's like, hi, Ophelia, I trust you. I need to find out what's weird about this castle. I'm going to be acting weird to you, but I'm going to give Horatio letters and tell him nice things to tell to you from me, etc. Or just say like, I'm going to have an antic disposition- you two need to know that I just am putting this on for the sake of figuring things out. You're my besties. I love you. Yes. Have her join in so it makes sense that Horatio and Ophelia can have like a connection. A connection. This then, strong. Well, because then you could showcase it like, well, I'm figuring this out. Like have them just be together. And like them, maybe them having a way that they like tug on their ear or do a little something to be like, this is serious right now. Yes. This is the line where I'm not lying to you. Let's rewrite this movie. Like, I think we could do it. I think we could rewrite this movie. That's the thing that makes me so mad. There's so much potential and it's just squandered in so many places that I feel like the fixes are so simple. Why didn't they do them? They could be like Hamlet being like, hi, Ophelia, I'm the prince. Horatio's an outsider. Nobody pays attention to you. You're my eyes and ears in this castle. And she could be like, hell yeah, I'll do that for yeah. you. I love you. And Anyway, let's get actually back to the film. Horatio's like, Hamlet's ship still, still has not actually taken off. But uh-oh, hide in these bushes. There's Norwegian troops approaching. Those fucking Norwegians. And she's like, you have to go warn the court about the Norwegians. I'll go find Hamlet. And he's like, what? No. And she's like, actually, I'm dying from this poison still. I have to go get the antidote. So brief uh, sidetrack. This poison is dumb. Why do you wake up before you die? And you need to take another antidote? And then you need to take an antidote so you don't die. Why wouldn't you just stay in a coma and die? Why would it be you coma, you wake up for a bit and and die? die? 
why not have it be the Juliet poison where it's just like, okay. Someone else has to wake you or you there's no up. remedy that you need. It just takes its time and then is out of your system. Yeah. It's so dumb. Anyway, she goes to McTilde's and McTilde is just like, man, yep, that was Claudius, was my guy. Yep, I really loved him. And you know, I gave him the poison to kill the king because I don't give a shit. And I love him still. And he loves me. And she's just like, he's the one that called the witch hunt on you. And McTilda's like, what? what? I'll go kill him now. We're going to burn him. And then Ophelia's like, but actually I'm about to die. And McTilda's like, wow, you're seriously still about to die. Go lay down for a while. And she goes outside, finds the Norway scouts, and is like, hey, I'm your friend. This, Why would they trust you? This is dumb, but okay, fine. And then Gertrude shows up at McTilda's place. And Ophelia wakes up and Gertrude's like, a g g g g ghost I'm so mad about all the times that this film is like, what a ghost for living people when there's not a single real ghost and the play of Hamlet has real ghost. Yep, 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 yep. And Ophelia's just like, it's not my blood on your hands. And your sister, Mactilde, and Gertrude's like, yeah, it's my sister. And Ophelia's like, well, don't you know about her past with Claudius? And and he killed King Hamlet, too. And she's like, I didn't think he'd kill him. I just thought he wanted him dead. And then he mysteriously died out of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Using snake poison, which is what I use from McTilt. She's an idiot. I hate it. And Gertrude's like, you're not a ghost. And Ophelia's like, we need to save Hamlet. And Gertrude's like, but he's going to fight Laertes at Claudius' behest. And Ophelia's like, I'll go to him. I'm the only one Hamlet will listen to. And they're like, but Claudius. And she's like, Claudius can't do anything to me if I'm already dead. But you're he not can't dead. Show up there. I'm like, oh, so she's going to pretend she's a ghost or the ghost of Hamlet Sr. And that's how we're going to get the Hamlet Sr. ghost. All right. Weird. She looks nothing like Hamlet Sr., but okay. Nope, she's just going to cut her hair and look like a boy. Yeah, we're calling back to the first scenes in the movie when she looked like a boy is whatever. It's dumb. They just want to add in a classic Shakespearean girl dressing up like a boy. They're going to do the fight. Claudius is like, Gertrude, who do you think's going to win? And she goes, Hamlet's the better swordsman. And he goes, the better man doesn't always win. Get it? Because I'm the villain and I've been winning. Ophelia finds Hamlet and he's like, Ophelia? And he kisses her. Well, so she comes up to him and he's not paying attention because she just looks like a boy. And then she's like, you're struggling between two sides, baser and better. And he's just like, I know who said that. Tis it, Ophelia. It's actually kind of cute. Still it works cute. because as we said, that's just his entire character in a nutshell. And then she's like, don't do the fight. And he's like, well, Laertes wants to do it. I don't want to do it. And she's like, okay, then let's leave. And he goes, no, because I still want to kill Claudius. And then he's just like, I swore vengeance, which we never saw. And she's just like, you swore to love me and be mine. Because they got married. Because they got married. But he's like, no, I'm going to do the fight. And I I don't care. Like, I know he's going to go in that fight and die. And she's just watching it happen. But I like, I don't care. Megan, that really gives her more agency. That she goes, don't do it. And he goes, no, I'm going to keep doing it. And then she just stands there and watches it happen. She leaves. She has the agency to leave. And then they play the ding dang song again. And Ophelia leaves before the fight even begins. And she's rowing away on a boat. And she knows that he's going to die because she read the play Hamlet by William Shakespeare. And as she's leaving, an old woman walks up to her and goes, 
girl. What's your name? Well, before you begin, first and last name. As is customary, <laughs> when you meet a stranger, you must say your first and last name. And Ophelia goes. It's Ophelia. Ophelia Skywalker. Uh, but actually what happens is she has a connection with him across miles of distance, just like she did back in her other life when she was Rey and Hamlet was Kylo Ren. Oh, and then and she kisses him and they then see he each other. And they're like, wow, them. And then Hamlet is dying. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Is Hamlet like wearing like pants or just a little too Yeah, high? they're like right and, beneath his nipples. Yeah, and he's like built like a dump truck, yeah. like a shit brick house. And people make fun of Hamlet's body type when it's a completely fine body type yeah. to have. And isn't actually yeah. that weird. And people just make like a really... Like, people are just really problematic and rude about it. People just make like a really big fucky deal about how he looks at it's that It's like, scene. leave Hamlet alone. Yeah, like Hamlet's just playing a character so gertrude knows that hamlet is dying because was poisoned because claudius gave laertes poison to put on the blade and so she gets mad she picks up the sword and she stabs it through claudius's heart and i don't feel any better about this ending because i don't care i like it better when gertrude drinks the poison while looking claudius straight yes in the eyes. i think that is way stronger and then hamlet getting to actually kill him and you know get the vengeance that he wanted this way, it's just like, yeah, Hamlet doesn't get to have his love or his vengeance. Also, Gertrude just kills this guy. But Gertrude like, gets to be a girl boss. But like, she's not the kind of person who wants to murder a person. Well, she gets to be a girl boss, though, Megan. She's a feminist now. <laughs> anyway, she stabs him, and it's just like, whatever. And then she's like, she pulls out the poison vial, and we're like, okay, so she's going to drink it now that everyone's dead. But then, oh, no, people from Norway come in. And so does McTild. And McTild gets to be a girl boss, too, because she's like, there they are. They're already dead. Hold up. Wait. <laughs> and then she and McTild look at each other, and she takes off the top and drinks the poison. And McTild's like, no, my sister. Why? With my poison. Why? We've never shown that we were ever close at all. Why did she do this? Yeah, I don't get why she killed herself. I'm I like, also unless unless it was well, I don't want to get sexually assaulted by these Norwegian men. But like, there's no impetus. Yeah, it's not strong. While drinking poison while looking Claudius in the eye, that is a power move. Yeah, drinking poison while looking at your sister who you got that poison from just seems mean to your sister. Yeah. Also, what did your sister do? What did your sister ever do? No, your sister got hurt by Claudius, just like you got hurt by Claudius. You guys should meet up together, go find Ophelia, go off to Scotland, and become three witches. Hell yeah, Megan. Uh, Hor Horatio does not get to say anything to Hamlet, because this film has decided to make Horatio both more of a person and far less of a person. Well, because... Hamlet doesn't matter. Well, it's also very funny to me, because Ophelia told Horatio, go warn the royal court about the Norwegians, and we never see, see him, him again. again. So, I assume, I'm just going to say the Norwegians killed him on the way. Or he was a coward and left. Which, again, makes him less of a character. Yep. So, okay, weird thing movie. Anyway, Ophelia, as Hamlet dies, feels his presence leave the force. Yeah, he disappears. Oh, but his force ghost shows up and crosses his no, arms. And no, nods. he's just gone. No. He's just gone. She's not enough of Rey to... Megan. Han Solo in Rise of Skywalker visited Kylo Ren as a ghost at the end of that, huh. much like Hamlet gets visited by his dad. Except not in this film. 
Yeah, I don't know. Then we follow Ophelia as she rose to a thing, goes to a convent, I assume, and then we see her and she's just like, narration again, just like, this is a story, but it's not mine. I, I'm a nun now. I wasn't lost to vengeance like everyone else was. I'm the greatest. And I always wanted to tell my story. And now I told my story. And here's my baby that is probably, I guess, I assume Hamlet's child. But we're never going to get into that because this is the end. So if she's pregnant, does that mean she took poison while pregnant? Yes. Yes. That is what that would mean. That baby probably would have been dead. Yes. Which is why it would make no sense, but we don't see a man with her. Yeah, I So we're supposed know. to assume that's Hamlet's kid, but it makes no sense because the writing is, bad. is lazy it and is, bad. It's bad. We're done, right? Yeah, that's the film. Okay, cool. Great. This is not great. So I want to mention two scenes that were cut. Okay. So there's a scene that was cut where Hamlet's like, I saw my dad's ghost and he said that Claudius killed him and I vowed him vengeance. Why not keep that? Because they don't want ghosts. They don't actually want the ghost. The ghost wasn't there, though. It was Hamlet being like, hey, I found this out. The reason is because they want Ophelia to be like, Hamlet, you'll never figure this out. But it was this, and I'm telling you the answer to the mystery. It's not good. It's not good. I wish that it was like, this ghost said something convoluted that sounded like he was saying that Claudius killed him. But I don't believe in ghosts, so now I'm really messed up. And then she went, hey, I found actual proof that Claudius did this. And then Hamlet goes, wow. Thank you for helping me get this sorted. I'm going to actually act on it now that I have you. The next scene was there was a scene where Gertrude found Ophelia crying over flowers after her father died. And she's talking to herself and crying over the flowers. And that's the scene where Gertrude goes, wow, I think Ophelia is not doing so hot. And wow, I sure wish that they'd had that scene and we'd see that Ophelia actually has feelings. Yep. But that's the film. Megan, I weirdly have not a lot to talk about because I think I made my case for why I like Ophelia as a character. I was wanting to save it to the end, but I got so frustrated that I had to say it in the middle. That was basically what I wanted to say. I think Ophelia is a good character. I don't get why this needed to be done. Like I said a few times, I feel like this is an interesting, I mean, it's not like it's the first time, but Every time people say, I want to make this from Ophelia's standpoint, I go, yeah, that's cool. How are you going to do it? And in this one, they went badly. And I went, oh, it's just really frustrating because there was a lot of potential and there are moments that do well, but there's just so much that was done poorly. That was lazy. The characters lose dimension. One thing I like about Hamlet is that you're just as unsure as Hamlet at times. Yeah. You're like, I don't know who you're supposed to trust Hamlet. Sorry, bud. But in this, you're like, well, that guy's obviously evil, and Gertrude obviously sucks. Because, like, you could just play it like, is Gertrude colluding with Claudius? Is she innocent? And it's just like, no, she's just an ignorant bitch. She's too ignorant to have colluded. But she's too much of a bitch for her to be innocent. And Claudius is literally maniacally laughing in every scene, so he did it. I think the entire concept of Mechtilde is stupid. Wait, why is she here? Why is well, she here? Well, Megan, we need to know where the poison came from. No, we don't. He's a king or a king's brother. He can get poison. No, we need to know, Megan. We and need it to has know. to be someone that he wronged in the past. We need to have a Claudius backstory. And we need to have ways to make Ophelia Juliet. In this movie that is definitely about Ophelia, we need to give a backstory for Gertrude and a sister plus... A sister who was not there. It's frustrating. I like some parts of it. Yeah. 
Uh, MVP? MVP. Daisy Ridley? By default? The guy who played Horatio? Cause <laughs> I was thinking I might say the guy who played Horatio because honestly, if Horatio in this wasn't magically full of insight and knew that she meant it, Ophelia would have just died in a box. I'm going to give it to Daisy Ridley as Ophelia by the fact that I don't blame her. Yeah, I'm actually going to say Daisy Ridley did a really good job acting what she was given. Yes. They just kind of gave her shit at times. But like, I never didn't believe her. I just went, wow, they made you suck. (laughs) I think if Shakespeare saw this, this is what he would say. These indeed seem. That would be it. (laughs) These indeed seem? These indeed seem. It's kind of it's a movie. It sure is a movie. They sure did say she was Ophelia. That I, guy did look like Hamlet. I mean, this film's kind of like a revisionist retelling of William Shakespeare's Hamlet, but with a little twist being that it's from the viewpoint of Ophelia. And I really hope that contemporary audiences... And usually she's a victim, and in this, we made her so not the victim that she can't even cry over her dad. Megan. Yeah. What would you rate Ophelia? I rate Ophelia one too extremely obvious villain out of three added women who apparently have names and totally were in Hamlet before. Marquez, what would you rate Ophelia? I rate Ophelia the amount of violets that are here now over... Every other flower she mentions. Over all the times that dang dang song is played. If I would have known, I would have counted, but I didn't care enough. So that's going to do it for us here on Avant Bard. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe to us on all social media platforms at Avant Bard Pod. And if you really liked what you heard, you can support us at patreon.com slash Pod. Bloopers for this episode will be up next week, but until then, we will see you anon. Avant Bard is created by Matthew James Marquez and Megan Charlow. To support the show, visit patreon.com slash avantbardpod. We would like to thank Riley Allen for the creation of our theme music, Cloverkin for our logo artwork, and everyone in the audience for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Avant Bard, you can visit us on all social media platforms at Avant Bard Pod.